Do you know, uh, one of the shocks that happened last week was the, the death of Kenneth Skinner, Kenny Skinner, known as Kenny the Croc. And uh, I wrote an article for Newsport on it, and uh, a lot of his friends contributed to that and told me about Kenny the Croc. He was a wonderful ambassador for football, particularly the youth in the Douglas Shire, particularly with the Port Douglas Junior Crocs. And he was, uh, in, of course, in the crocodile suit as the mascot for the whole team, for the seniors and, of course, the juniors. And everybody got to know him. But he also set up this raffle at the Central Hotel, which uh, every Saturday he would run. And he he raised so much money. They were talking about it's over $100,000. So an amazing human being. But um, one of his great mates is uh, is Gil Julen, who uh, who lives in Victoria. In fact, it's probably his best mate. Would you consider, would you be his best mate, Gil? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be amongst them, but I'm also his cousin, Paul. Yes, well, you related to him, of course. And somebody said to me the other day, I wish I was related to Kenny because he was such a good bloke. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, he... For, for all the times that we grew up together, and I've never heard him say a bad word against anybody, and he never saw—he only ever saw good in people. He never saw bad in anybody. Always look on the good side. Now, tell us about his early days. Uh, in the article for Newsport, you couldn't go too deep into it because of time and and putting that much copy in. Tell me, uh, you grew up together. Where did he grow up? What was his surroundings? Who were his parents? Paint a picture for us of of Kenny the Croc in his early days as a kid. Well, Kenny's uh, was three years younger than me. I was very close to his uh, brother, who was a month older than me. Um, my mother and Kenny's father were brother and sister, and uh, we grew up in a little town about 150 k's east of Melbourne, called Yalorn North, which back in those days was called uh, the Brown Coal Mine until 1947. So Kenny was actually born in 1948. So he was. We became Yalorn North, which was north of the town of Yalorn, obviously, which was the uh, generation centre of uh, Victoria for power. He, he early, his schooling was done at um, the local primary school in Yalorn North, or as the state schools it was called way back when, and then at the Yalorn Technical College. And uh, he took on his apprenticeship electrician with the SEC and then played footy with the local local club up here. Uh, was a great left footer. He played basketball up here and he coached junior basketball up in the town as well. So even in those early days, he was thinking of the young people coming through the sports. Oh yeah, 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 sure. Now, he, but he, ha- he had the, he also had that larrikin side about him as well in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that uh, I bet as a young bloke he was a bit of a larrikin. Yeah, and uh, an extremely good-looking young fellow was. Uh, he was, uh, you know, the girls sort of would flock towards him with his blonde <laughs> hair and blue eyes and uh, and and build and whatever which left his elder brother and myself obviously quite jealous at times. <laughs> Did you get the off-cast? Uh, well, we were behind that line too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So he grew up there. So it sounds like you, you had a very happy childhood. Oh, my word, my word. A wonderful father. His, his dad died when Kelly was probably about 13 or 14, 13 maybe, 1961, 62. So he might have been going on 14. Might have been for just called and I can't remember when Uncle Gil died actually. And he was um he, he left here and went to Melbourne and played footy. Um our club wouldn't uh, clear him to uh 
uh, another club where his brother was coaching, where Ronnie was coaching. And uh, so he decided, well, I'll leave here and uh, I'll go to Melbourne, where he got work in Melbourne and moved to a place called Elwood. And um, he played in the Elwood side where he played a fullback and won their best and fairest in a premiership year in his first year. And he was probably 19 then, maybe going on 20. And then he, he moved on from there. Uh, he, he married a local girl from down here. And he moved on up to Queensland then. And then after Tracy hit, uh, he went to Darwin. Just before we get into the Darwin bit, his father died, you said. So was he brought up by a single mum? Well, she was then, yeah. Yeah, Annie Helene, she, she only died two years ago. She was uh, she was a fantastic mother, um, tough as nails, I might add, and stubborn, stubborn as well, and, right. uh, and 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 that rubbed off on Kenny because and very independent, more than stubborn, very independent. Independence is probably the the, the word. So okay, yeah. um, what made him become a Sparky, an electrician? Well, back in the day down here, the the Trade Valley, the SEC, the State Electricity Commission of Victoria. Uh, we had power stations at Yalorn, uh, Morwell, and um, Hazelwood before Loyang was built. And they, the SEC took on loads and loads of apprentices every year. And um, there was never any shortage of work because everyone went to the SEC. And wow. that's where Kenny went with his apprenticeship and um, become uh, a sparky down there. Okay, so he became a Sparky. You were saying that after Cyclone Tracy in the 70s, he moved up to Darwin. Yeah, and he joined with a bloke by the name of John Sherlock, um, who uh, they started the business with their electricity, you know, wiring all the rebuilt houses and and thing after uh, of Tracy, yeah. So he was part of the rebuilding process for Darwin? Certainly was, yeah. Christopher Scase was starting to build his uh, big hotel up here and... Uh, of course, Kenny was part of that. He became uh, one of the tradesmen working here. But yeah. lo- but like so many other people, he fell in love with the place. Yeah, well, so, uh, it's funny you should say that because he'd gone from Darwin back to Townsville and um, he and his wife at the time, they'd bought a house in Townsville. And uh, then he had work to go up to Port Douglas and he went up there and that was before Scase was there or anything and he went up there and it was nothing. And... Um, he, he left left a job that he had to do up there. Oh, I'll never be coming back to this bloody place again. He wasn't going to come back to this bloody place again. No, not not on your Nelly. No way known. He said. And then all of a sudden, uh, a couple of years later, and uh, the marriage and all that fell apart, and divorce happened, and and sold the house in Townsville, and they had a job up in Port Douglas, and then that's when he became a Port Douglasarian or whatever you'd like to call yourself. <laughs> well, it's the Douglas, Douglas. It's the Douglas Shire and uh, terrific people up here, and I can understand. Yeah. Of course, the the first trip to Port, it probably would have been pretty Spartan, but then he sees Scase building this uh, this enormous hotel, the, Mirage, and the yeah. Mirage, and of course, suddenly seeing, hey, people are moving up to this place. You know, I might get part of that. I might have a little bit of that myself, and that's what he did, and that's what happens with so many, particularly for some reason, Victorians. Uh, probably because it's bloody cold there. Yeah, well, we do have these uh, occasional cool days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, I got a, got another announcer, Barney, in here. Paradise, the... 
paradise for some. <laughs> Barney's just <laughs> laughing his head off. Hey, Barney, you spent a bit of time in uh, Victoria, didn't you, mate? Oh, he's exactly right. It's bloody cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, particularly too in that area. That's the Gippsland area. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're going to have a. We're going to have a uh, top of 13 or 14 today. And oh, I, I don't want to know about overcast. it. <laughs> I, can, I can actually see a tiny little blue, bit of blue sky out there. <laughs> There's no shadows anywhere. Hey, Barney, what is it up here today? I think it's 27, oh, 20, isn't it? Uh, probably 28, 29 or something, I think. Yeah, it's yeah beautiful, Blue sky. Oh. oh, it's fabulous. I, I, I look at that every day and I think, well, you know, I was up there when Kenny first had his operation. I, I was with him for three or four months in December from then on, and um, mate, it was hot, and it was sticky, and I'm a big person, <laughs> and I went through 15 rolls of paper hand towel through sweating, because he didn't have an air conditioner, oh, well. and I was almost just a grease spot. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, dear. I mean, Kenny was sick towards the end, and uh, it was only discovered, of course, his uh, cousin, other cousin, Terry, was telling me that it was yeah, only... Terry's, di- from the dark, Terry's from the dark side. Oh, Terry Grant. Yeah, he's from the dark side. He's Kenny's cousin, but he's not my cousin, but Kenny's my cousin. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Terry's mum Terry's mum, and Kenny's mum were sisters. Right. Kenny's dad... And my mum were brother's sister. Right. So Terry, Terry and I aren't related, but <laughs> right. I, 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 tell, I tell, him he's, tell him he's all of these from the dark side. Well, that's, yeah, I suppose, all right. <laughs> and remember, you said that, not me, all right? <laughs> now, uh, Kenny and, Ter- and uh, Terry were up in the, uh, the tip of Cape York, and he, he stood on a shell. Kenny sh- uh, stood on a, a seashell on the beach, yeah. and he got he this. He us for years. Eh? Yeah. He hoodwinked us for years. What do you mean? Because it was always bits of shell coming out of his heel. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we, we assumed that that's what it, what it was. But later on, Kenny did tell me after he had the operation that he did have a blister on his heel. Yeah. And the shell burst the blister. Yeah. And it was discovered, of course, that uh, he had melanoma. And had he, had he checked it maybe 10 years earlier, uh, uh, he'd still be with us. Uh, yeah, five yeah five years ago probably yeah, and he, yeah yeah for sure, and that's that's the thing that's got to come out of this. So for the sake of a half an hour's full body scan check and one hundred and fifty dollars, it's well well worth it. Absolutely, but you know sometimes, as uh, Terry Grant says, uh, men and medical checkups don't always go together. No, no, not until it's too late. Now, of course, Kenny did so many wonderful things for the Port Douglas Crocs. He was their mascot, of course, Kenny the Croc, and yeah. uh, and he helped the junior club. He had that raffle at the Central. Every I've been, I've been up there for the last seven years, and I did lots of Saturday every Saturday mornings. I was there for two or three months. No one was safe from Kenny's raffle tickets. No, <laughs> not at all. And you know, you know, he would sit there. And people come to him. They flock to him for the tickets. He wasn't going around selling them all. He would at the end if they weren't sold. He'd go around, but he'd sell them all too pretty quick. And um, but everyone just come up to him. They you know say to him. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. The amount of people just come up and they'd come up and they'd give him twenty bucks. Here's twenty bucks for the tickets, Kenny, and here's another twenty bucks and put me in for next week. Wow! Wow! You know he he, he was a magnet. 
He was. He was not only mm. not only as a young man a chick magnet, but a raffle magnet as an older man. Oh, oh yeah. And he did that. Uh, the, the the big one they have as a. Um, yes, you're right about that too. I just got what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a bit they're a bit slow in Gippsland, Barney. Yeah, they are. But you see, we 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 think before we leap. <laughs> That's right. There there are going to be sportsmen in the future that uh, Kenny was responsible in helping get further yep. in get further in sports. So there's a there's a real void left by the the death of Kenny, and so yeah. before we go finally, yeah. I'd, I'd just like to also just inform you that Kenny and I in his little two door pug. We traversed uh, 50-odd thousand k's around in the last six years around Australia and across the width and breadth and south and southern and east and west and stuck in bulldust and whatever. What, and he, what he, sort he, of vehicle was it? It's <laughs> two-door Peugeot. A two-door Peugeot? Yeah, mate. And we, 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 we went right around the whole country in it. 50, we did 50,000 odd k's together. In six years? Our first trip was 2015, then we did one every other year. Every wow. year, every year after that. What's a highlight of the trip? Funny you should say, Kenny is often a person who wouldn't talk much. He would be—he's very, very quiet until he's had a few, and once he's had a few, mate, he's the life of the party. So we'd be driving along, and his concentration was incredible. And he'd be driving along, and I'd say something like, um, "Where's uh, let's look at that kangaroo there?" And with nothing, then you think, "Oh, gee, I wonder if he's getting a bit bored." and wants me to go home or finish the trip off or what. And then 100 k's down the road, he'd say, what colour was it? And I'd go, what colour was what? He said, the kangaroo you we just saw. I said, Kenny, it was 100 bloody kilometres ago, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and that's, that's him. He was just concentrating. He was zoned, totally zoned. Oh, look, some funny things. We both had a cow, and no one would ever believe this, but we both saw it. We're going up some straight, going up the middle of um, up the Stewart Highway, and uh, we were about to pass this big cattle truck, and a car, a car in front of us has just gone past. We're behind it. We're about to pass it. So he tucked put his brakes on, lights come on. So Kenny pulled back in, and he moved over a bit to the right. The truck did so. We just followed with him, and there was this cow standing on the side of the road. Oh! It was it, it was dead set looking at us. It was it was eyeballing us as we drove past. And would you believe it, when we went past, I looked in the rear vision mirror, Kenny looked back in his, and there's a cow looking both sides of the road again, both ways, and then walked across it. <laughs> and I, I said to Kenny, did you see that? And he said, I did, but no one's going to believe us. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, at least we, we, we know what we saw. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, look, so so many funny things. Uh, oh, we, well, we did it for months and months and months all up. It sounds like yeah. you've had an enormous uh, lot of oh, fun with Kenny. Oh, mate, look, unbelievable. And I think once my, my wife died 12 years ago and Kenny, Ronnie died six months later and that's what I say, we were both each other's best man and best mates. And, um, and so that Kenny and I, we filled a hole, filled a void for each other. Fantastic. And Because uh, he was so lonely. Well, you do get lonely at nights and um, on your own. And um, he was... We'd sit on the phone, talk for two hours every every other day. Incredible. And, and in that time, I'd say, sure, shout, mate. And he'd get up and he'd get a beer and 
then I'd go to my fridge and get one and we go, yeah, okay. Look, um, just a fantastic bloke and uh, I know that I wanted to oh, talk mate. to you on this podcast because I'd written the article on Kenny, but I, I had to get you on board because you were very, very close to the man. Oh, yeah, if, if, super close. Um, if you had to sort of sum it all up now, I mean, God, Gil, you're going to miss this bloke. You're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. I missed him last night and I had 10 stubbies sitting on my bloody arm. I, I just, it's it's incredible. And I miss him because even, I, I spoke to him before, on the Monday before he died, but he couldn't answer me back, of course. But um, the nurse said, when I said, Kenny, 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 she said he opened his eyes and the tears come out. Well, that sent me off the bloody tree, I can tell you. Um, so, yeah. I'll certainly miss him badly, so badly. If you had to just sum it up to finish this off, how would you describe the man? Firstly, primarily nature's very own special bloke. That's pretty good. Yep. Nothing yep. better. And and in one word, nice, because you can't get anything better than nice. Yeah. Gil, thank you very much for spending the time. I had to do this podcast because I know that, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening to it who knew Kenny that just would appreciate to hear some of that information. No worries. Uh, yeah, lots of it. And I, I've got lots. Well, obviously, I've got a lot of friends up there with myself now, which including Bob Francis and Angie and little Two Bob. Now it's Two Bob. Two Bob the dog? Uh, and Angel before that. Yep. Who, who hated me, but that's all right. Yeah, but never mind. No, no, because okay. I, I got to know all those people just by hanging on Kenny's tails. And, and, of course, we're both dickheads, you know, and have a lot of fun. You know, it was fantastic. I appreciate the call, mate. Good on you, mate. Goodbye, dickhead. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. You take care, okay, girl. Take care. See you, you too, girl. Mate, Bye, mate. Bye.